welcome to Fans of the Forge, and we are here for a special video, yeah. a special event that we've gotten involved in called the Straight Razor Challenge. But first, to my left we have... It's Sean. And calling in via Skype, we have Albert Edmonds of Seattle Edge Sharpening. How you doing, ma'am? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Feeling good. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, yeah. we're hanging in there. And uh, we've been watching this challenge for the last month now as these guys have been working on their straight razors. And uh, it's been fun to see these what they've come out with, yeah. especially with some of the talent that they have involved in this contest. It's really, um, really impressive work we've seen. So, uh, Albert, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Seattle Edge Sharpening? Sure. Uh, so Seattle Edge, I started Seattle Edge in 2009 as a part-time business. I've worked for knife stores in the past uh, and things along those lines, but I launched Seattle Edge full-time in 2011, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, so we do a little bit of everything here. Uh, it's primarily kitchen cutlery. You know, we definitely do a lot of EDC tactical stuff like that, and the timing of this is perfect because straight razors are like blowing up again. You know, it's funny because they, um, you know, they kind of loop in and out of popularity, but we're starting to hit a peak again. So uh, it's great that we're doing the straight razor challenge now because I think you guys are going to start getting a lot more uh, exposure, which really benefits our makers because all of them are just super, super skilled. Um, so we definitely do a decent amount of razors here right now. So, uh, you know, uh, I love razors. They're super fun, but they're uh, they're definitely quite um, time consuming, as I'm sure all of our makers can attest to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how long have you been uh, overall? You know, working on knives and that sort of thing. Um, I've been working on knives for a while. Um, it's my father was a uh, he was a fisherman and a hunter and he did woodworking he actually built my crib uh when i was a little kid so he's always known yeah that's really cool he's uh he's known his way around a knife uh so he was the first person to show me how to sharpen a knife just in the garage when i was a kid and it like totally blew my mind uh, it was like magic, you know. So he kind of planted the seed at a really young age. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then after high school, uh, I went to go work for a local knife store just because knives, you know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because knives, yeah, exactly. And um, so I'd always had an interest in sharpening after uh, a lot of, um, you know, pleading and stuff, then I was able to basically become an apprentice under um, an individual who was highly, highly skilled. I was very lucky um, to be able to work with a person that I did. And then they left, and then I took over the position, basically. So that was my main job. I worked for them for a year. Then I left. So I went to school, left the state. Uh, but I'd always kind of kept my practice up somehow, mm -hmm. you know, be it just dinking around and like, you know, oil stones to um, buying some equipment. So uh, then I went back uh, to the knife store and they rehired me. I was a sharpener once again, uh, left, moved into a different industry, but kept kind of playing around. And then 
fast forward up to 2009, I just missed the professional sharpening um, atmosphere. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It really pushes you um, because the, the diversity that you see, you know, uh, there's just so much. Um, and then I hit kind of a fork in the road and it was either, you know, go this other pass that I've been pursuing or uh, do Seattle Edge. So decided to do Seattle Edge. So yeah, I've been doing it, uh, doing it full time ever since. That's awesome. Very nice. It's a really cool story, yeah. man. That's awesome. So you definitely are very qualified then to come in and, <laughs> and judge some knives because we aren't. No. We are very new to this, right? <laughs> and so when Mike contacted us originally and asked if we'd be interested in doing it, we we're like, "Hell yeah, that'd be awesome!" Yeah. But you know, you just mentioned there's an ABS Mastersmith t- taking part. That uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable right. necessarily being the judge of his work. <laughs> so we're glad to have you on as our expert uh, helper and uh, knowledge base here to kind of give us a little bit of a idea of what we should be looking for. The pleasure is mine, guys, and I really appreciate it. So let's move right into the competition itself. um, It was started again uh, a little over a month ago, and it was started by Marcus J. Ranum, and he had challenged Mike Poor to a straight razor challenge, making a straight razor. And uh, then, you know, when Mike put that out there that he had been challenged, he got Steve Schwartzer on board, the wizard, uh, ABS Mastersmith (laughs) right there. And he also got Tyler Hackbarth, who just so happens we interviewed him at Blade Show this year, right, um, right around the time that all this stuff was kicking off. And so it was kind of neat to see, uh, you know, these guys involved uh, in this competition. Now, we there were no per- specific parameters given, as far as I know. It was just create the best straight razor that you can and and uh, submit your pictures, and then you know we'll be the judge of it. So. Why don't we get right into it then? And the the first thing we'll pull up here is uh, Mike Poor from Red Dragon Forge, and he sent a couple pictures over. The first one that we're looking at is showing the straightness of the blade. It's a black and white kind of an artistic shot. It looks pretty nice. Uh-huh. You know, it does show that it's a very very straight blade. Um, let's go to like the second image here. Okay, so we're looking at an image here that's kind of showing the connection point for the the folder itself and what looks like the Damascus pattern. Do um, you have any comments on on that particular shot or anything that you you're noticing there? Yeah, yeah, this is one of the things that actually really um, caught my eye uh, about this razor specifically. It's not just you know. It, the the pattern uh but it, razors are all about you know the little things and they they all add up um and the the tang which then tapers to the blade uh is it just looks great it looks very very even it's not too big uh not too small so i think that's a really good fit for that size razor and um, the shoulder uh, where, you know, our, our edge, which is the, the heel of the edge that mm-hmm. intersects the tang, his is much more rounded. So it's sort of like a, a, a more graceful taper as opposed to like those 90 degree bolsters that you'll get 
So that has a really nice, I mean, it's still, it's still a defined, uh, a still kind of a defined shoulder that tapers into the tang, but it's a nice combination between the two. And um, it can actually make sharpening just a little bit easier for the individual because you're not stuck on really hard grinds uh, to play off of, essentially. So I think that was uh, really cool that he did that. It just kind of adds a unique gracefulness to it. So um yeah I, I really like that neat all nice. right that's a neat feature to, to see there and we'll open up the last picture from him kind of as the overall now this is a great shot yeah. he has it stuck into a piece of wood and you can really <laughs> see the damascus uh pattern he has going on there i mean it's uh -huh. really beautiful and from what he sent um again some of this stuff is still new to me but he said he did an iris grind on this and it's a 256 layer Damascus uh, billet that he used, um, and then he has lunar deforge finish, which I don't know if that's a specialty thing that he's made up. I, I've never heard of that. And then it's a bog oak handle with copper cover. So the one thing that I I never heard of was an iris grind. Uh, could do you know what that is, or can you explain that to us? Yeah, I was talking with Mike, and essentially, and I hadn't heard that um, referred to straight razors before, and he got the inspiration from a, some of the traditional tontos, actually, out there. So instead of just being like a full flat wedge and then a spine, um, it's actually um, essentially sort of more like rounded. So instead of this completely 90 degree here, it tapers out, then we have our apex and then tapers straight in. And I asked him if it was um, a full flat grind, if there was a micro bevel, because uh, one thing I noticed is all these razors are like, they're beefy, serious pieces. So what he did with this was uh, from the widest point of the iris, it's a full flat that tapers down. So the user can just pow, just pop the blade on there, line up that angle, almost kind of like the same principle of a scanty grind, actually, okay. in a way. And that way you just ride that angle that's already there. You don't have to worry about a micro bevel. That's the one kind of tricky part about dealing with wedges or like quarter wedge, you know, um, just those larger straight razors is that you, you have two options with those. You can either do a full flat grind or you have to put a micro bevel on. And putting a micro bevel on a straight razor, especially freehand, is not easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, overall, I, I think it's, it's really nice. And I thought it was interesting uh, uh, with the iris grind. I, I hadn't thought of putting that on a straight razor. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. cool. So now we'll move on to our second contestant. We'll, we'll do the guy that challenged him originally was Marcus Ranham. And he sent four pictures. Now, the first one that he sent was actually his first attempt. And he, it looks like he had a couple issues with that. And uh, his first attempt, he said, he dropped it on the floor while he was polishing it. And it hit back first and cracked along the edge. So, <laughs> so that's what that first picture is there. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him. That must have been very frustrating. Oh, yeah, because he, he definitely had, I mean, if you see the, the design of the, the Hamon line that he had, or kind of like, is really sweet looking. So, 
that's a shame. But then we move on to what he, he submitted as his final razor with the first picture there. Now, he definitely has a little bit different of a, a profile, it seems, on the, the spine area. And I noticed in the very the, the tip of the, the blade where you would normally have your tip, I, I noticed this on Mike's too, it's actually more of a rounded concave. Uh, is, that, is that something that's standard on straight razors? Uh, well, there's many different tip styles, okay. and that type of tip would be known as a Spanish tip where it curves in. Right. Uh, so then there's also ones that are a straight 90 degree as well. Uh, and then there's uh, one that's called a, a French point or a French tip, which is sort of like a crossbreed between like a sheep's foot and a Warncliffe you know, uh, depending on the maker. Uh, and I thought that was one thing that was pretty interesting is almost all of these razors have that same type of tip design. Yeah. Um, so as far as a functional standpoint goes, I mean, when you have a tip that is that fine, you could like, you could do like a smiley face in your beard. I mean, that is <laughs> such a tip. It's crazy. Uh, not very good for a beginner shaver though, because the margin for error is pretty small. Having a round nose or, or a Dutch tip yep. would be better. Um, but you know, if someone's going to be buying these, uh, you know, they wouldn't be your brand new shaver anyway. So I think it's completely appropriate. <laughs> nice. cool. And we can see here, he's got a very nice, um, wood for his, his handle there. Let's see if I can find some of the information. Um, okay, so he, for the second attempt, he used a bar of 1095 uh, wire rope welded into a one inch square bar, and then he cut that into cubes, welded them together, and that's how he kind of formed his pattern on that one. So that's neat. Um, okay, yeah, the wood he has is red oak, and it's. Uh, some of the most amazing he's ever encountered, he says. And the grain goes in all directions. And uh, his own criticism of it is the blade is big and chunky, as you mentioned, uh, for all the guys. Um, but he's, his design was to make something big and brutal, and he thinks he may have over-delivered on that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down to it, it looks great. And, you know, we go to the, the next picture here kind of shows the the straightness of the blade and the, 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 the top of the spine there looks very nice from that position. And then the final one is a really nice glamour shot of the, the thing uh, laid open a little bit. Um, is there anything that about this one that stands out or anything else that you would mention that maybe we haven't noticed? Uh, one of the first things that I noticed is that high point, that apex right up uh, at where the tang starts to meet the spine. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was pretty unique. Uh, when you're holding a razor, you're, you're holding it essentially in the other direction and you're cradling it almost like you're like shooting a bow. Uh, so I can see how that could provide a little bit of extra stability, which is nice. Um, and at the very least, even if it doesn't necessarily fit the person's hand, having a little bit more weight up front can be nice. Uh, if someone has a really heavy beard, uh, I got a buddy of mine, he's like, his beard's like 
copper wire. It's insane. And he has to use like an eight eighths razor and it, you know, solid inch It's humongous. So um, that's one of the reasons why you, you see the five eighths with razor, the most commonly, um, but the six eighths, I would say is a little bit more, um, people are starting to recognize the larger razors a little bit more. And especially those big choppers, uh, as far as the vintage market goes and as far as the custom market goes, there seems to be a little more demand, uh, for that. So that would definitely fix the weight, uh, by bringing it up a little forward. I wish I could see these in person. Um, the, the tail, uh, where the tang tapers out, you've got your pen and then the tail right there. Yeah. That looks really nice too. Very simple, straightforward. We've got enough room to cradle uh, the finger, which is really nice. So that gives you that nice back and forth um, sort of balance feeling. Um, and having that heavier blade with that high point could actually help counterbalance that thick tail and those big scales that he's got on there. And that, that's a fat pin too. Yeah. So I really wish I could hold uh, all of these, but those are the things that I notice when I look at this resin. All right, nice. cool. We'll move on now to the wizard. All right. Steve Schwartzer. Now, Steve, <laughs> Steve had sent this. And he was the first one to send his in. And, um, you know, when you get an email from Steve Schwartzer, you got to be like, oh, <laughs> dang. Like, you, you know, we walked by his table at Blade Show yeah. and I admired and I was too nervous to even say hello to the guy. But, um, <laughs> you know, he does some great stuff and you always see him. You know, he did some work recently with Neil Kamamura and a couple other the big guys. And, uh, he really delivered with this straight razor. I mean, we opened up the first image there. You could see a lot going on that, I mean, everything about it looks pretty amazing. You could see the decorative file work on the spine that he's done and the wood for his scales is really something else. I really love the design that he has there. Right. And it even, yeah, I, does he have like, now I'm looking at the bottom of that picture. He has like, is it three pins or something at the very bottom? Yeah, I believe that's three pins. That is, uh, that's not coming undone. Yeah. There. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then, okay, yeah. so we went to the second picture, and if your mind wasn't blown already, <laughs> yeah, you get to see the this Damascus is, pattern that he has that here. That is amazing. I mean, unreal. Yeah. It's absolutely unreal, yeah. this pattern, and, you know, the amount of time that goes into this sort of pattern is really crazy. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the third one, you can kind of get a better idea of the scale. So this is a good shot of just, I don't know, everything about this just makes, it just seems so nice. And the aesthetic of it with the, the, the deck in the background kind of just goes along with it. Now, he made a point to mention that it's engraved with the word snick. Uh -huh. in the the top there and from the note that he had sent he just said his name snick i'm wondering if he named the blade snick as part of his design as he gave it a name i don't know if he's known for that or not <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> jokes on us yeah and then the yeah. last picture you kind of again you get to see like the the top view where it's folded in um but 
I'm going to let you go off now. Well, what do you what do you think is the things to highlight here beyond the crazy Damascus pattern that he has? Um, well, to be, I mean, there's a lot that really struck me about this razor, but um, what really surprised me the most is it's actually the the file work and the pattern and how they work together. Because one thing I thought was really cool is that the jimping uh, on this razor, both along the tang and along the spine, a there's it's different. So you know it's gonna it's wider along the spine and it's tighter along the tang, which is great because you're gonna be using this area, uh, you know, very carefully. You want to make sure you have control of the razor and having those wider, um, but still very consistent and very defined. Uh, you know, that, that nice file work along the spine can also make sharpening a little bit easier. This is one I really wish that I could see in person as well, um, just so I could see how thick or thin that is. It looks pretty hefty. Um, now, like I said, the combination of the file work uh, and the pattern really got me because and the, uh, the lowest points of the file, you can see how the uh, how the pattern almost swoops out and away from it and like that's really really awesome yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really think I need to say much more than that that's yeah. really awesome oh, I mean yeah. I would expect less but that is that that's pretty impressive it's I, I really <clears throat> really really like that yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, we could stand that one all night, right? <laughs> yeah, and and one other thing to to talk about balance because balance is really important with razors is that if you look at the tail, um, his tang looks like a fairly standard size, uh, which is which is good. The tail looks a little bit fatter, uh, which is a good way to counterbalance a really heavy blade like that because that's not a full hollow. That's not a half hollow. That looks darn near wedge. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a little bit more weight near the back can help make things a little bit more balanced, which is going to make it easier to shave with. Okay. Right. And the other additional information that he provided on this um, was that he basically it was a uh, mosaic Damascus, which we knew. And then Thuya, I don't, I'm not... Um, I don't know that word, but he had it listed as a Thuya burl, and then he had uh, micarta liners for the handle. So, mm-hmm. I th- unless that's Thuya burl handle micarta with oh with micarta liners with the burl wood, I think is how that yeah. goes. Okay, but man, it looks great. But again, we could look at that one yeah. all night and be amazed by it. But we need to move on to our last yeah. last guy, friend of our show, Tyler Hackbarth. And um, he sent us a number of pictures as well. And he's got a nice decorative setup, too, with an antler and a stump. And uh, (laughs) now his definitely stands out from the rest of them, I think. I mean, he's got his own, he does have a Damascus pattern there, but you can tell on the the end of his tang, he's got the nice rounded. Round, and then uh, the tip is. Different than all the other ones. It's kind of got the concaveness, but it's also it, a little... It kicks out. kicks yeah. out, yeah. And then the they, the scales itself, the yeah. honeycomb scales look cool. We love that style. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, you kind of see as you go through these pictures, the second one. And it looks like, I don't know if the razor is maybe shorter than the other ones, perhaps? It's hard to tell. I mean, you have to yeah. be able to see their hands yeah. side by side, too, and see how big, like, Steve's hand yeah. would be versus right. Tyler's, right? Because... Yeah. But the, his definitely looks shorter based off of the, the basic uh, scale of it yeah. from what I can see. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm curious about the overall length because the his tail, the tang tail, looks pretty long. So um, I'm definitely curious about cutting edge and total length of that entire blade because the tip also – uh, sticks pretty far out. That's a pretty, that was the first thing that actually caught my eye. So there's a blade style that's called the barber's notch. So instead of having that curvature where you go from the top of your spine all the way down to the beginning of your cutting edge, um, it's uh, essentially like a little, very small little hollow grind uh, that goes in. So okay. that way, and, and the the legend behind it is that it would make it easier for a barber to open the razor because you have this little point that you can pinch and then open it up out of the scales. Oh. Uh, so it's sort of like a combination between that and uh, a combination of the Spanish point that we were seeing. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's like two or three different point styles combined to each other. So that's that's pretty unique. The, you got to be careful sharpening those, though, because the um, there's not consistent contact between the spine and the cutting edge. So you have to use a, a bit of a different technique to make sure that you can get these to line up without having your tip like flare way out. Okay. So... That is pretty, pretty unique. Pull up a couple other ones here. Very similar shots, but, uh, you know, with different backgrounds. You yep. see. Um, and then the very last one shows yeah. the straightness of the blade. That's cool. And he did have yeah. a couple notes on his as well. Um, he finished this uh, about 10 minutes before tornado sirens went off and he lost power at his house. <laughs> So that was a pretty interesting little note there. But the, the core steel of the blade is 52100 with a nickel jacket and then 1084 and then wrapped in a 15920 and 1084 Damascus on the outside. That's complex. Wow. And then the handle is aluminum hex with black alumilite resin that has white G10 liners and a black G10 spacer and G10 washers so that the blade moves smoothly. Very mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, a lot of that is put some thought into into what he was doing there. To me, yeah. yeah, he spent a lot of time. I mean, you could tell these guys all spent a lot of time yeah. on th these these awesome straight razors. I mean, I don't know right now who I would even pick, right? Because they're they're all so different. They all have their different um, pros and cons, sure. I would say, and and their designs are all look yeah. so cool. Um, so. I'm not going to say who I'm going to pick right now, but do you have any, do you have a favorite here at all, Albert? Um, I will take all of them. They're welcome to send them to my, <laughs> um, gosh, that's a, that's a tough one because there's things about each razor 
that I really like. Uh, so I've been thinking about that all day, trying to figure out which one I'd go with. Um, and that's, that's a tough one. Well, you yeah, don't have to I, answer, you know, we're going to put this up again on a Facebook, uh, a Facebook, uh, poll where you can vote on this. And when that does yeah. go live, then you can vote on it and at your leisure and not have to worry about putting it on the video right now. <laughs> 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 I'll vote on the poll. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Well, there you have it, everybody. Uh, thanks again, Albert, for calling in with us and discussing these straight razors with us and really informing us yeah. on the design stuff that's going on here that may, that we had missed. Um, it was very, very useful information for us, and I feel like anybody watching or seeing this video or listening to the podcast version, hopefully they'll watch the video and actually look at the pictures because you got to see those to get Absolutely. a good idea. Um, hopefully they'll, they've have learned something uh, like we have today. And everyone, you can go vote on that on the Facebook poll that is posted uh, attached to this video somewhere. Right. You'll find it, and uh, we'll post about it, and we'll make sure that people involved are tagged so that everyone can take a look at it. And um, we just want to say thanks again, Albert, for calling us, and you are at Seattle Edge Sharpening on Instagram if people want to check you out. Um, any other uh, social media or contact info you want to put out there? Uh, my website is knifesharpeningseattle.com. Uh, the best way to see about the, the newest updates uh, or projects that we're working on is Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash Seattle Sharpening, but I'm the most active on Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, website and Instagram, that's the way. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Go vote on that poll, and we will catch you in the finale video when we decide, you know, we talk about who the winner is and maybe get them to call in so we can talk to them about their design. All right. So thanks again, man. Oh, pleasure is mine. Take care, guys. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>